the Construction Employers Podcast, your connection to what's happening in the Northeast Ohio construction industry. Brought to you by the Construction Employers Association. Today I was able to connect with Steve Lindauer, who is the head of the Association of Union Constructors, Talk, and that's on the web at talk.org, T-A-U-C. We talked about the second round of stimulus funding that is going into effect today, April 24th, as well as what Talk is doing to keep its members informed and educated during this time of social distancing. So without further ado, I'll give you my conversation with Steve Lindauer. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good, Tim. Good to be with you. Thanks for being on. It's Friday, April 24th, 2020. Uh, We're kind of hopefully on the tail end or or at the beginning of the end of the coronavirus shutdown. Um, How are things at talk? Uh, Things are are pretty, they're they're good, but uh, I I kind of feel like we've been drinking out of a fire hose uh, over the past five weeks. I mean, here, here we are in places we never would have thought we'd be five weeks into the pandemic. We have, uh, 26 million people out of work, Mm. um, and filing for unemployment. You know, that, that rate, I was actually doing some research that rate would be basically an unemployment rate of 18 over 18%. And with that background, obviously these are pretty scary times, particularly for our industry, which is very much rely relies on consistent business. So one of the things here, you know, since uh, we're literally right across the river from uh, Washington, D.C., as we all know, uh, headlines is the uh, passage of the uh, uh, aid to small businesses and hospitals, $484 billion bill Mm -hmm. uh, that was passed by the Senate, now the House yesterday, and it looks like uh, the president will sign that probably at noon today. Um, obviously, the breakdown of that, uh, one of the key features is that $310 billion of that will uh, revitalize the Paycheck Protection Program. Right. Uh, then breaking it out, you've got $60 billion that will go to medium and small community lenders. And an additional $60 billion, that'll be for uh, uh, address economic injury and disaster loan, gr- loans and grants. And then $75 billion to hospitals and healthcare providers that are looking at budget gaps. And then finally, a $25 billion that's going to be used to accelerate test the, the basically our testing efforts across the country for COVID-19. So... I think with that in the background and timely of that, uh, it'll be interesting to see how long, Tim, that particularly that $310 billion for the uh, Paycheck Protection Program is going to last. Uh, right. You know, there's a lot of people saying it won't be around too much longer. And I know our uh, members, our uh, contractors have been uh, uh, obviously very keen on looking at that, particularly if they're working has been shut down, and we've seen some of that. So for talk, uh, some of the things that we've experienced is obviously we had to cancel our uh, uh, 
Talk Leadership Conference, which was scheduled for May 12th through the 15th in Napa, California. Uh, that's a first that we've had to do that, but we're all seeing a lot of firsts uh, as a result of this. What we've done in the interim uh, is provided really more of a, of, of a platform for our members to stay connected. Um, and so we've held a series of uh, four what I'll call virtual meetings through Zoom uh, in April, which included our Industrial Relations Committee, uh, Environmental Health and Safety. These were all on different dates. And our local employer associations, uh, and our talk customer caucus. Um, so these I were extremely well attended, um, and uh, it's, it's interesting that it was more uh, certainly an exchange of ideas and information uh, of what are people doing, right. what are they seeing, where, how. And, and I think there were a lot of uh, that information exchange, I think, Tim, proved was very important uh, for people to just learn how are you addressing certain things, including the myriad of, uh, of legislative efforts that have been passed to uh, assist in these with COVID-19 uh, and the like. Right. So, I wonder, I wonder, I've been wondering the last few weeks as, you know, the the spotlight is on Washington, what's going on in the, in Congress with these, these major bills, how, what is your sense being in the DC area? What's your sense of the amount of lobbying activity that's going on there? Are the lobbyists shut down and wouldn't it seem like those guys wouldn't be shut down? I mean, what, what is your sense of that? I, I, I wouldn't know. You're right. They're not shut down. There's there's still a lot of activity going on behind the scenes. Frankly, we've uh, uh, we have as talk been involved in some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are things you're not going to read about in the headlines or the like. I mean, it, but it's still business is still getting done. Obviously, people with regard to these stimulus packages are very active. I, I think the the rumor control we called this bill that we I just discussed three point five. Uh, I think the focus now, uh, Jim, will shift to what they call four point right. or the four stimulus package. And uh, from what I'm hearing and what you read locally here, three point five was pretty much the skids were greased. Keep it clean. Uh, keep it focused. I think you're going to go back to perhaps another CARES Act type of scenario uh, with a force stimulus, and you're reading that people are not going to be, when I say people, uh, the Republicans and Democrats are not going to be as cooperative uh, on 4.0 as they were on this recent 3.5. Right. Um, You know, it's... The big concern you're starting to hear is trepidation, particularly by conservatives, Republicans, and actually a lot of people is debt. Right. We we are we the the amount of debt that we've created is double what it was. You know, we're we're talking four trillion. You hear numbers like that, and you can't even you can't even write these numbers out. Uh, They're so huge. Right. But you know. 
I, I think there's down the road, everyone's focused on where we're at now, and, and rightly so, but we have to be aware of, okay, how will this affect uh, our economy, our country, our society, uh, let's say 10 years from now. So right. I think people are starting to be very concerned, Tim, uh, that, uh, as I use the term, drinking out of a fire hose. <laughs> and this is like, that is the fire hose, all this money that is being put out there. So sure. I, I think you're seeing some concern being expressed as to where, where does that take us after we've, uh, gone over the uh, peak of this thing and start getting back to normal, whatever normal is going to look like. Well, and it makes me think of, um, it is a problem, but it makes me think of the, the loan programs being offered to restaurants, for instance. Um, Mm. if they had to pay those loans back with interest, what's the basis of a business plan to be able to do that? Um, it's, well, it's not like they're going to charge more to customers in the future. I mean, they would need to, but are their competitors going to do that? Uh, in the same way for the United States, uh, things need to change, obviously, in order to recoup that money that we've loaned out. You can't just yeah. go along in business as usual and expect to earn all that money back, I, I would think. Well, you make a good point because when uh, one of the things we talk and I mentioned about that uh, one facet of the uh, uh, 3.5 bill that uh, the president signed today, I mentioned that $60 billion in economic injury, disaster loans and grants. Right. You know, the term grant means in my mind, you're not you're not going to be required to pay that back. Right. So, so these loans then turn into something different. If if you, as the uh, uh, person who's getting the loan, meet certain requirements, if you will, and then if you do, then then it's forgiven. Right. So you you make a good point. It's like okay, so aren't we handing money out uh, that you know? There's no ROI on that. There's no interest. There's no what. It's just we as taxpayers are handing money out. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scrutinizing. No, that. it's just a fact. It it's is a fact. It's needed. People have heard that. Yeah, it's needed. Indeed, it is. But you know, as we all know, it's pay me now, pay me later. Right. In that regard, so I think, I think Tim, quite frankly, we're in many cases in certainly in uncharted territory. When, Absolutely. When we talk about so. Yeah, it just made me wonder, um, getting back to the sort of what's going on in D.C. with the House of Representatives not being in session not and, and potentially voting remotely or, or voting yep. by, you know, um, 100 percent. Unanimous consent yeah. or whatever they do. Yeah. yeah. So if people aren't in town, if the representatives aren't in town, how do you get things done from an advocacy standpoint? Um. There's you, you, you approach it more at a higher level. So you find ways to, uh, for example, communicate uh, with the leadership, whether it's Speaker Pelosi, whether it's uh, on the Republican side, uh, Congressman McCarthy, who's the minority leader in the House, or McConnell, uh, 
or even, you know, guys like Chuck Schumer, um, they're the ones that in many cases are teeing up the ball, so to speak, right? Uh, for certain things. And I could tell you, you know, one of the things that we've talked about, Tim, and you've been on these Zoom meetings, a number of them, mm-hmm. is pension reform. Now, you know, believe it or not, there that is a topic of discussion. Now, whether whether it will manifest itself, uh, you know, in the four stimulus, which will will not happen or even be uh, perhaps teed up until everyone comes back into town, which is now mid-May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be more of a struggle, as I said earlier, uh, to come up with uh, something that is agreeable uh, between not only the House Democrats and Republicans, but the Senate and the House itself. Right. I mean, you, you watch this tug of war back and forth uh, that's been going on. I, I, I think we're going to get queued up again for some of that right. uh, when, when they start discussing that. So uh, as this town works, everyone knows, okay, for stimulus, you know that the, the, their minds are thinking already, what can we get out of this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and they're in, that's where the lobbyists are. I mean, they're already uh, out there working, working the system to take care of their quote unquote interests, right? Uh, whatever they may be. So, this is going to be an interesting exercise uh, when, when, when they get back in town and uh, discussions start. Discussions will probably turn into arguments. That, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing because uh, some of the people, particularly conservatives, uh, Republicans, are like, we need to turn the spigot off right. because these numbers are just huge. But at the same time, it's a balancing act, as we all know. Yeah, but how, our, our, our economy, in some respects, is being gutted. Okay, mm-hmm. people are home. People are losing their jobs. The, the 26 million. I mean, it's the highest uh, level. Five weeks. You know, we've seen 26 million people basically lose their jobs. Uh, we, we, that's the highest level since the Great Depression. Right. Okay. And we could exceed that. So how do we balance all this out? And then you've got the big push. Now you're hearing uh, people beat the drum of, we need to reopen the con. We need to get back to normal. Well, this is not normal. We're not normal yet, you know. Uh, I'm not going to get into uh, criticizing or taking a stance, but me, my opinion, I think it's way too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in D.C., Tim, we're peak. We're still going up. Yesterday was one of the highest rates of confirmed cases uh, to date in the DMV, which is D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Mm-hmm. The, the six million people in this uh, metropolitan statistical area that we live in. Um, because they're doing more testing, we're finding out, holy cow, it's worse than we thought. Mm. I know Virginia, my state I live in, is one of the has not done a good job or is one of the lower testing rates of any state in the country, which is not something anyone wants to be proud of. But mm. as we ramp up testing, we're starting to see the full effect and, and depth of this uh, coronavirus in this region. Right. Well, you are... 
Correct me if I'm wrong. You are the chairman of the uh, National Coordinating um, Committee. No, no, or, I, I, I uh, the, the NCCMP National Coordinating Committee for Multi-Employer Pension Plans. I sit on the board. You're on the board. I misspoke, uh, but you are the um, uh, administrator of the NMAPC. That is correct. correct. I'm impartial secretary and CEO of the National Maintenance Agreements Policy Committee, which, you know, is is literally a, a project labor agreement used in your area quite frequently right. in the state of Ohio. One of the things that we've uh, done, uh, which were uh, uh, in terms of our, for example, I'll use General Motors. As you know, General Motors uh, has been repurposing a number of facilities to make ventilators and shields, masks of, of, of all sorts. The NMA was asked, we were approached by General Motors uh, directly and actually had a conference call with them to help them and, through our contractors repurpose three facilities, one in Kokomo, Indiana, uh, another one in Warren, Michigan, and believe it or not, another facility in Reno, Nevada, that they are re have repurposed these uh, uh, buildings, facilities to produce necessary uh, PPE uh, and ventilators uh, to address the COVID-19 uh, issue we have here. So our contractors and our union trades are, have been a part of that. Right. Ford as well is working with, I believe, GE Healthcare, and they are doing some more similar uh, work because, as you know, uh, for the most part, Michigan shut down. Right. The construction is not considered essential in Michigan. But even these states that where it's not considered essential, which includes Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, Vermont, and the state of Washington, there's still construction work going on. There's still maintenance activities going on. Uh, they typically have an, an ability to exclude, uh, be excluded from uh, not working, particularly if it pertains anything, whether it be medical-related facilities or uh, facilities that I just alluded to where you're repurposing to produce PPE or other equipment that's necessary to combat or prevent, be pre preventive uh, of COVID exposure to COVID-19. That so, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. we, you know, hours are down. I, you know, we, I just checked our site extension requests, uh, on a monthly basis. I'll give you a, a number here in 2019 at this point. Okay. For the at month of April in 2019, there were 356, unique uh, site extension requests filed for application of the National Maintenance Agreements. As of April this year, 2020, there are only 188. Wow. So we're, we're, we're at a 50% fewer approved uh, thus far in uh, this year yeah. in, in, for the month of April. So that just that metric alone shows you uh, a, a real significant drop-off of activity. So, yeah, um, makes sense. Yeah. But that's our world. And, and, uh, we all have to find ways to adapt and to, uh, make it through this thing. Um, you know, as, as we talked earlier, uh, this is in many cases, particularly for the, not necessarily the huge corporations, but, uh, 
the smaller contractors who have single agreements or maybe two or three, uh, it's a cash flow business. Right. And, and that, that could be a struggle, particularly as we see money tight and work drying up or being stopped uh, for whatever reason. So what would you say the most important thing is that contractors need to be thinking about and doing in the near term? Well, first of all, again, as I mentioned before, migrating these requirements, whether it's through the Families First Act, the CARES Act, now what's coming down with this next uh, uh, law that's being passed. Um, one of the things I know that we, and I'm sure the CEA has done, we have a plethora of, of information um, through FAQs and the like at our website at talk.org. Then uh, my staff has done a great job of, of you know, keeping up to date. And, and a lot of those things, just, just trying to get through the, uh, the almost confusion, but again, all these things have requirements. Uh, some that can help you, some that may be somewhat of a burden in terms of how do you handle situations with employees, what happens if your job is shut down right. or an owner shuts down a job. All those things are important because you want to stay viable financially as a business. So you hear a lot of down the road here, Tim, you hear a lot of the ne- negative nabobs, as I call them, <laughs> that are saying, well, this is going to take years for our economy to recover from. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think for the next two quarters, we're going to struggle. There's no doubt. I think toward potentially if, if things start to flatten out, by the fourth quarter, it may still be painful, but I think 2021, given what uh, the, the fundamentals of the economy, which was very strong before this hit, um, it could be a very opportunistic time of get us getting back on our feet in this industry and, and as a country uh, could be very fruitful. Um I, I, I think that's a, that's a potential reality for all of us. So, uh, you know, we can look at this as a glass half empty or a glass half full. I think it's more half full. Um, this is no way in terms of if you look the indices and the various numbers that I've seen, people have a tendency to look at, oh, this is like 2008 with a great recession. Right. It's nowhere near that. No. If you look at the numbers and, and, and just step back and say, it could be worse. Right. You know? um, so I, I, I think there's opportunities down the road, but, you know, let's be honest, Tim. I think about it when you talk about whether it's a restaurant or small businesses that are closed. Will they be there when this is over with? And, and that that's kind of concerning uh, because I, I think our contractors, we have to look at the same way. Right. Uh, we'll, let's face it, some of them will not survive, unfortunately. Um, so what's it going to look like on the other side? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody but I, knows. I, I, I think, it, I think the sun will come up. It's just, it, it's going to be 
it's going to be cloudy for quite a while, uh, at least through this year, I think. And uh, a lot of it depends on if and when, well, not if, when will we get back to, I'll call it normal. I'm not sure what normal is going to look like right. when we get out of this thing. Well, uh, you guys are doing a lot to, to try to help contractors manage the situation. I noticed that one thing that you're doing is a, a webinar next Thursday, April 30th at 2 p.m. relating to uh, technology. What What is that about? Well, what this is, this gentleman, Dr. Ray Levitt, actually, I'm, I appreciate you asking about that. Um, we were going to have him speak at our leadership conference. So what we're doing is we're trying to repurpose some of these speakers that we had lined up. Okay. And uh, we think, yeah, and, and I think their messages are, are timely. Uh, people people want to stay connected. They want to know what, it's almost like a distraction, I guess I call it, Tim. You know, you and I, what we got to do in our daily lives is, you know, it's pretty stable. But I think people want to keep educating themselves. And that's right. the purpose of these webinars. We've, we've got... Uh, uh, Actually, we've got three lined up, and we're probably going to add a fourth uh, as well. We've got, uh, on the 5th of May, we've got one at 2 p.m. with our legacy partner, Milwaukee Tool. Uh, And then we're going to talk on May 20th. We've got a gentleman, Frank Manzo, who we've dealt with before, who's uh, director of the Midwest Economic Policy Institute who's going to talk about uh, prevailing wage after COVID-19, what does the future hold. And then there's another one. We're in conversations with Siegel Company uh, and David Brenner, who, who has been involved with talk for quite some time. I spoke with him yesterday. We're going to uh, queue them up as well. Uh, they've got some stuff that they want to share. So, you know, this is, as you and I and our daily jobs, we're here to service our membership. But right. we, we even go beyond that because, like I said, with the Talk Customer Caucus, we, we had 17 different owners, 17 different owner companies that were represented on that call. And it, it was, it again, it, it's exchange of ideas, um, which we need to continue and stay connected with our valued relationships that we all have and uh you know frankly is is zoom and and microsoft team and skype is 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 that the way to go well right now it is right so we're gonna you know we're exploiting that we're taking advantage of that and trying to keep people connected but also make sure that they were provided some value some some uh good information and uh, things that will help them not only now, but also in the future as well. Uh, that, that we feel take that obligation very seriously, as you know. Yes, I, I know, and I've, I've been impressed with what you're doing. Um, you know, from my perspective on a more local, regional basis, it's uh, you know it's been a learning uh, process just to to try to balance out how much to put out there to members and, and in what formats, because I know based on my own inbox that I'm being flooded and members are being flooded with in, uh, information, emails, webinars. So uh, we've been just trying to be consistent 
here's our time slot every week, maybe maybe two time slots if we have extra material during a given week. Um, and, and our site is just um, a resource site that is always at the same place. We're always sending people to that same resource site. Um, but we don't, you know, I, I, the first four weeks of this, of this situation was just a flood of emails. Every single announcement from the government, you got an email. Um, and, and, and I'm careful about not trying to fatigue my, my members with too many emails. So they start ignoring the emails from CEA, but, uh, this is new, new territory. Well, and I'm with you, Tim, uh, I'm not a big fan of emails, particularly if I can pick up the phone or get up from my desk and talk to somebody face to face. But this is our world. But you're, you make a good point. You want to be, I'll say, diligent, but not overwhelm people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the quality comes in. You know, you, I think you like you and me. Our responsibility is to uh, uh, filter some of this stuff, right? And, and, and say, okay, what 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 value would this be if we promoted this to our membership? And what are the deliverables as a result of that? So we're being very selective as well as to how we approach this. There's an article in, uh, uh, kind of a funny article, I, I guess, I saw in the Wall Street Journal online this morning called, and it was all about Zoom fatigue, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> whatever. It, it sounds like a oxymoron, Zoom fatigue, you know. Uh, <laughs> but when you read it, when you read it, it makes sense. Right. I mean, I don't know about you, uh, but every day it's either a team or Zoom. And and again, I, I don't want to sound critical because I, I do find it a useful tool. But we're not the only ones that are drinking out of a fire hose. A lot of it, a lot of people are. So, right. Um, I'm, I'm not into the uh, happy hour, Zoom happy hours. No, that, that I'll stay away from. I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like good advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve, I appreciate your time. I know you're, I know you're busy and this is a busy day. Just yep. from a uh, from a legal standpoint, with the the law that's going to be signed in today, you know, to digest that and get information to members. But certainly appreciate you coming on the podcast with me again, and I wish you the best of luck and uh, health and safety, and as we uh, move ahead with this thing. Same to you, Tim. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always good to talk with you, and uh, stay safe in Cleveland, my friend. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. To find more information about the discussion in this or prior episodes, be sure to check the episode notes section in your podcast app. Get notified and automatically download the latest episode by subscribing to the Construction Employers podcast in the iTunes Store or in Google Play. This podcast is brought to you by the Construction Employers Association. Find us on the web at www.ceacisp.org.